Hi, and welcome to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation focused on youth mental health. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to let you all know that all content that is found in our podcast is created for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition, and never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard in this podcast. Thank you so much, and without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving. I am Shreya, one of the Tharaka Youth Ambassadors. August 30th is National Grief Awareness Day. To create more awareness about grief and how to manage it, we're interviewing a therapist, Gita Narayanan, today. Gita, can you please introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, Shreya. Thank you for this opportunity. And my name is Gita Narayanan. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I work with adults and uh, also youth. Um, my practice is in San Jose, California, and grief is a very important topic, and I'm glad to be a part of this discussion. Of course. I know that a lot of people define grief in different ways. So what is your definition of grief and what are what do you believe are some causes for grief? Sure. You know, grief is actually it's basically it's the response when we lose something that is close to our heart. Right. It is our, it is our response to it. It's the feeling. Um, it can be something somebody close to us who has passed away and especially with somebody where we have a special affection and we have had a you know a long bond with them um see initially it used to be conventionally it was said that you know grief is an emotional response that's what it used to be but right now what we have is science and research they are saying is it also has physical cognitive behavior social cultural it's there are so many dimensions to grief I think that's what I'm trying to say. So I, I so that is why I think we are having this discussion because it's just not that, okay, it's the feeling. So which means, you know, feelings, we talk about it, right? Oh, okay, it will just disappear in a few minutes. Grief is not like that. So that's why we are having this discussion. Um. So I know there is like, it depends on the person of how long they experience grief and how they experience it. But what do you think is the normal length of how um, someone can experience grief and how long they can. Yeah, so, you know, that varies from person to person. It could take, like, weeks. It could take months. And in some people, it may take years. Like, for example, like, I'll just tell you, you told me, you asked me another question, right? And the first question, like, what causes grief, right? That was another question. So, for example, a breakup or a divorce, that also causes grief other than we're losing somebody and then getting fired from a job. So losing a home um, because of fire, right? We have this California fires, right? And or even due to foreclosure or disaster and moving away from friends and family, right? And uh, in some situation uh, like incarceration, which means that also can lead isolation. These are all, so all these things I'm saying, they're all could cause grief. So depending on whichever category that any person is experiencing grief falls in, it may take some time. Like, for example, I'm saying getting fired from a job. Yes, it is very painful. So hopefully that person will find another job, right? So that may be fairly quicker. Whereas when somebody has uh, passed 
somebody who you know or somebody who are very affectionate in terms of the relationship if they do somebody that may take longer that's what i mean by that yeah okay um and obviously with such large emotions that come with grief there's going to be some changes to the person's behavior so what are some yeah. changes in behavior that will happen to someone experiencing grief and how does that affect the people around them yeah so yeah so actually one of the psychologists uh, you know many years ago her name is elizabeth kubler ross uh, she stated the five stages of grief which is called dabda which is basically what that means that's an acronym for it so the first is denial uh, second is angry or anger third is bargaining uh, depression and acceptance these are the five stages of grief so all of us who are going through grief we are going to experience you know these emotions now this when i say these things it doesn't mean okay first is going to be denial okay now i'm experiencing anger that it's not like that so because i think our emotions and feelings are not very what do you say it's not very linear mm-hmm. right it's a very non linear process so sometimes people will be angry for a long time right before they get into bargaining or depression so we don't necessarily need to label it i'm saying but at some point whoever is going through grief we would go through all these stages of it, you know of grief and um, lately there is this uh, documentary about human body uh, in netflix it's called human body within and where they show uh, one of the i think episode is about pulse you know pulses of course it's about heart right so in that they talk about a syndrome called takotsubo syndrome so that's what i want to share is it's called takotsubo cardiomyopathy is a heart disease that characterized by transient dysfunction and ballooning of the left ventricle of the heart so it is basically disregarded mainly if there is severe distress of physical and emotional factors it's happening in their life so what this documentary also shows is when a person is grieving the shape of the heart actually changes um you can actually check it out on that uh, documentary or you can just google this and see too so what i'm trying to say is the physical impact that grief manifests in our body is real so that is why i think we need to make it as a priority in taking care of our wellness not just the physical part but also in the emotional aspect of it yeah. <laughs> um and so obviously with grief there's going to be as you said a lot of impact on a person's mental health as well as, as well as their physical health so how can one seek professional assistance to help with their feelings of grief um really good question so yeah so you know um i think you can definitely reach out to your primary care physician or your all of us have some doctor who you can relate well with right even primary care physician or obgyn or your psychiatrist whoever that is you can just tell them that this is what i've been feeling you know since this happened and this is really uh impacting my social functioning my cognitive functioning so what can i do so they may refer you for you know psychiatric evaluation to see if medication is needed uh, 
um, so that a person can get good sleep if that is what is bothering them. Um, and also in, I would also add that in conjunction, I would say to also add grief therapy and grief therapy can be through individual therapy and also uh, group therapy. Uh, you know, like towards the end of the podcast, I have listed these resources. So if you click on it, there are so many resources in the Santa Clara Valley where a lot of it is, you know, free in the sense group therapy is free. But I know um, some um, Good Samaritan Hospital used to have uh, free grief support groups, especially during COVID times. I'm not sure if they are continuing that, but they're all reasonable and they are accessible. So I would definitely recommend somebody to seek assistance because you don't need to go through this alone. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what would you give, what type of advice would you give to someone who is experiencing grief and perhaps maybe cannot receive professional assistance, but is trying to help themselves? Yeah, well, definitely. Yes. I would say that it is as painful as it is. You know, first of all, I'm going to say is to just allow yourself to feel what I mean by that is sometimes when you get up in the morning, typically we all go about the day, but some days will be very hot, right? Some days will be very hot. So I'm saying just give yourself to find out, you know, what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling what the loss of this person? Or am I feeling when am I going to get my next job? Whatever that is, let's take a moment and then acknowledge that feeling right and uh, then sit with it for some time or whatever other emotions you're going to feel because I think that would help and and as much as possible it would be really good idea to have some kind of structure you know to your day because that helps and uh, structure always helps people to just have something to do during the day um, and I'm also going to say uh, you know, give yourself a lot of space during this time because sometimes we feel, oh, I don't want to think about this. I don't want to feel any of this because it is uncomfortable, right? So what we do is we end up filling it up with more work. I'm going to do this. I want to do that. and But then that's great. You can do all of that. But I'm also going to say, you know, just I suggest that just allocate some time to just honor that grief, whatever process you're going through. And sometimes people may want to do through praying or through journaling, if that's helpful. Uh, and also listening to some podcasts because there are lots of podcasts that's available and uh, including this, mm -hmm. that they can listen to about grief. And talking to friends and family also helps. Um, and sometimes I know in Hindu culture, we, we honor the people who leave us in terms of trying to remember them, trying to do some rituals. It's basically something to respect and remember them. So I would say that take the time to do that uh, because it also gives you a sense of healing for the person who's grieving. Um, because I think all those things are important and that helps too. And um, and I think main one of the thing I'm gonna say is a volunteering. Um, you know, if a person has uh, passed away, let's say with breast cancer or Alzheimer's, Maybe, you know, you can just figure out to see how can you be a part of it to just raise awareness because that also brings, okay, I want to do something about it. That gives you a sense of purpose, I guess. So. Um, are there any additional um, coping mechanisms you would like to share um, for people who are struggling? You know, I would say that um, 
one thing I would say, Shreya, is, you know, not to do this alone. Because, you know, sometimes there is this, uh, I think, misconception about, uh, because we come, when I say we, when I'm, I'm talking about our Indian culture, it's a very community-oriented culture, right? It's like a very extended family where neighbors know everybody and all that stuff. It's very community-oriented. Uh, so we have that support system when somebody is grieving, when somebody is going through. But here it's a very individual system. I'm talking about the, by and large, the Western thing, right? So what happens is in the name of, oh, I, I want to be, I want to figure this out alone, right? Yes, of course, it's your journey, your path, all that is fine, right? It is going to be your grief. It is going to be your struggle. Nobody is going to be able to feel that only you can feel that but at the same time you know i would say that take help especially when people are offering there is no need to be so heroic about it there is none there is no sign of weakness because you take help whether it is taking help from friends and family or going for therapy or you know doing something because that is very important and i think uh, it's important you take that support because nobody can do this alone and that's okay. I agree. I agree. So why do you think it is important to have conversations revolving grief and its effects like such as this podcast? I think I'm really glad Tarika and you guys are doing this podcast, especially about grief, because, you know, we always, as a society, right, we like, we like talking about fun things, right? We like talking about, you know, what are we wearing? Yeah having festivals or we get together wedding very exciting I mean they're all exciting but I think nobody wants to talk about this it's like the death and dying and what does that look like no 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 no, no. everybody shush yeah. about the whole thing and uh, so I think I it would be really helpful I think there is a sense of stigma associated with it let's not talk about these difficult things I think it will be helpful to just talk more like is a cycle of life. You know, this is a cycle of life and this is how the world, the human life is created and we are all assigned a certain number of years. And, you know, and then I think it's more, I'm not saying you need to sit and explain the whole grief process at home on a regular basis, but I'm also saying it is good to just be aware of it because sometimes it's just a natural part of all our lives. And, it's totally okay uh, to just have these conversations. And also I'm going to say, you know, take as much help as you can. If, especially uh, when somebody is suddenly has some terminal illness, you know, especially cancer surviving patients, I think it's, it's good to talk about it. What is going to be done before? What is going to happen during? And involve that person as much as possible. Because I think that person want to be a part of it. You know, just because the person is going through treatment doesn't mean they don't have any right to say. Because I think the more you involve, the more healing it is, not just for that person, but everybody in that process. Um, as you mentioned, not a lot of people like to talk about grief due to its dark past or yeah. um, stigmas. So, but like, what are some things that people, you believe that people say that can be probably upsetting to someone who is experiencing grief and overall unhelpful yeah I totally agree with that question because because sometimes I feel um, I think feelings when it comes to feelings and emotions 
I, uh, I think we are all not equipped to talk about it. I'm talking about general feelings and emotions, right? So, so when it comes to feelings and emotions, people always want to do, okay, let's do happy thoughts. Let's do happy things uh, and all that. So everybody wants to just tiptoe and talk about that only. Let's be positive. Posi yeah, positive is important. You know, all of us need to be positive. All of us need to get excited and all that. Um, but sometimes I just feel it's helpful to just see where the person is. If another person is grieving, just see where they are in the process and let them lead. You know, let them lead as in, because sometimes what I'm saying is when you go see a person who is going through a loss, so somebody, it's, it's, it's the nice, the, one of the things you can say is I'm really sorry for your loss and I really don't have any words to describe and your loss and um, I wish, you know, I wish I could just tell you how you must be feeling. I don't have any words. Those are the things that would be helpful. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming I cannot speak for all, but I'm just assuming. Sometimes what happens is all, all of us, I'm saying this friends and family, they all mean well, right? Because it is distress for them to see their friend in sorrow and suffering and everything. So sometimes they say things like, you know, that's okay, it happened. I'm glad it happened this way. Uh, now that it has happened, past is past, move on. Um, you know, it, you should deal with it. You are walking alone on this by yourself. There is nobody there. I think they already know these things. We are. We don't need to go and remind them of it. They, they know it is their grief. It is their loss. It is their family member who has passed away or close friend, right? And sometimes, um, or a pet, Right? And then we will say, people are not very, you know, considerate when it comes to pet also. They will say at least, you know, the whatever he didn't suffer or she didn't suffer kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So it is like all of us are going to die anyway. Think about it this way and give hundred reasons of why it happened and supposed to be okay with it. I think these things, I feel all of these things, the person who's going through it knows. And, uh, but that is what I'm saying. I think it will be helpful um, to just see where the person is and let them lead the conversation rather than we trying to go rescue them. So, yeah. Um, so when someone is not able to, you know, say anything regarding grief as if maybe they have not experienced it, so they wouldn't know how to comfort someone, but what is some way that they can comfort them without, you know, talking or like, um, how can they support them without making them feel uncomfortable? Very good question, Shreya. Actually, you can say the same thing, what you just said. Okay. <laughs> you can say the same thing, you know, that I, I wish I had words to describe what you're going through. I know I, I do not have, like, I don't have a pet, so I can only imagine what it must be for you. I know this pet was very important or this... You know, this person was very important to your family member. I don't have words to describe. But I also want you to know that I'm here for you and I'm here for you. You don't need to talk to me, but I want you to know I'm here for you. Please let me know if I can support you in any way. So I would like to text you once in a while and check on with you if that's okay. Because some people, they don't want to talk about it. That's totally fine. It is their right, right? Who are we to say? How are they supposed to feel? right? That is not our job because it's their right. And it is their, that's what I'm saying. It's their job. It's, they need to lead. So you can say that you're showing the support and you're telling them that you're there for them, no matter what. 
Okay. And um, I know a lot of people confuse depression with grief as they both have similar um, emotions that are exuded by a person. So what is the difference and how can someone, um, if they see someone experiencing grief or depression, how can they, you know, um, understand what that person is going through and possibly without asking them like straightforward like what are you experiencing how can they figure that out for themselves you know um it's, it's kind of it tends to overlap Shreya. you know the depression and grief because the grief is the like i said the reaction the bereavement is the process of how they are i'm talking about the process but what i mean the process is the time they take in Know, they're grieving the person or the pet so you can actually see that how they are because somebody who you know close with how they were before this happened yeah. right i mean in terms of how they, they were able to take care of themselves right independently and they were able to perform their job and how are they doing socially before the grief happened and then when the grief happened everything they may have feel shattered and they may have felt helpless and hopeless and all that so you would see them. So I think the only thing I'm going to say is something like that is to just maybe check on with them a little bit more frequently than you would do otherwise and see how they are. And again, you, know, you can say the same thing, whatever I had said earlier. You know, hey, you know, do you want to go for a walk? And I'm just worried about you. You're not sleeping. Can I come and sleep with you today? Or we can be in the same house. We can sleep in a different room all that, um, something supportive and something, I think, because it's it's very hard to know, you know. And at some point, like whenever the person is ready, I'm pretty sure the person would reach out to you or whoever the person is to say, okay, hey, you know what? Yeah, I think it will be good for me to get some help or something like that. So. Okay. And to reiterate the psychological counseling uh, part of grief, uh, what are these particular types of therapies that someone could use for grief and what should they be looking for in a therapist to help them, um, you know, move past their grief or come to terms with their grief? So actually you can find out like even for the counseling, if you decide to do individual therapy, because sometimes what happens is in many of us, uh, they've been thinking of going to individual therapy, but then later on, you know, sometimes some people will decide, okay, I'll do it later. Some people all, and then when this grief happened, they feel, okay, I need, really need to go now. So sometimes, so you can, you, if, if that's helpful, you can ask if the therapist has experience working with grief, if they want to work on only grief. And then, like I said, if I always wanted to go for therapy and this happened, so I would like to just want to see if this is a good opportunity for me to work on my own self. That is one way of doing it. And group therapy or group counseling, of course. And that is also called bereavement counseling, uh, depending on, you know, where you are. So these are the, some of the things that they have is Hospice of the Valley in Silicon Valley and Center for Living and Dying and Good Samaritan Hospital. Both all of them they have for this weekly online support group. I think, like I said earlier, that uh, some of them they offer a sliding scale fee and some of them may even be free right now. Um, and then I have some resources I think I shared with you that has all the information for different population who have passed away and whether it's individual or group therapy kind of a thing. Okay. So that is the end of my questions for you. Is there anything else you would like to add regarding grief or 
Um, anything you would like to say to someone who is dealing with grief right now? Um, I think it can feel sometimes like overwhelming. It's like the whole, my whole world is, you know, falling apart kind of a thing. You know, that feeling is, can be awful sometimes. And I'm, I just want to tell you that I think it's a very normal feeling. And uh, I would say it's a healthy feeling too, because just I feel that again, you know, allow yourself to feel that and, and then you can slowly come out of it and take time of it. And genuinely, I would say, just really be gentle with yourself. I think that's the only way. And I'm also going to say for the family and friends also, um, I know nobody has time in taking care of other people's problems, so to speak. I understand that. But at the same time, because we need to lead our life, doesn't mean other people have to just move on quickly with what they're experiencing, which is grief. So I think that's when I'm saying, let them give them space. And at the same time, we can periodically check on them too. So that way, both ways, it works. Okay. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to share your experiences and expert advice for evolving grief. I have learned a lot from talking with you and I'm sure all of our listeners have as well. So thank you once again. Thank you, Shayan. And thank you for Tarika too, for giving me this opportunity. Take care. You are listening to Mindful, Beautiful and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharika Foundation. As part of our youth series, we will be releasing new episodes every Friday. So make sure to continue to check those out. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and thank you so much for listening.